Let's add no plan B after halftime. Dangerfield went missing. Was anyone surprised? And bad mistakes. Geelong made a few. Picking Rowan, Mize and Henry and not expecting to lose. And the list goes on, on and on and on and on. We, we are the champions of the world. And we'll keep on fighting. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the grand final celebration edition of the Big Footy Tiger cast. We've done it. We've gone back to back against all odds. Everyone had written us off um, up until the day before the game. Crazy stuff. But the boys pulled out an amazing performance in what I think was one of our best wins out of the last three grand finals by far. Uh, and with me to talk about it tonight, as always, CB70 and TIG71. Welcome, fellas. Thank you, guys. I'm just I'm just wrapped that I'm alive to do this show after the celebratory um, weekend that I had. But, you know, let's soldier on. Yeah, you might touch a bit more on that uh, as we get into it because that was oh, some effort, really. I'm surprised you're alive as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Massive, yeah. Uh, just an unbelievable game. But I suppose we'll start, before we get stuck into the game itself, what were, I mean, given it was a bit of a different year, we couldn't really obviously all go um, and our, the way we could watch it was different because of COVID. So what did you all do? So CB, what did you do for Grand Final Day? I went to the only place I could be trusted to be around something like I went to a best mates joint who I knew wasn't going to uh, annoy me or upset me if things were going to be tense and tight, which they were at half time. And um, it's fair to say I got roundly munted and um, <laughs> I paid for it next day. Well, that's the way to go. Uh, Tiggs, what did you do? Yeah, mine was a bit funny. Uh, obviously during the day being locked down, um, it was not much you can do. So I watched um, I watched our last year's um, grand final, you know, did all try to keep busy by doing housework, all that sort of stuff. But as the game went on, it was funny. I've not watched free-to-air TV um, in years. I just haven't. Like, I've got an aerial and stuff, but never use it, you know, with Foxtel and everything else. So um, with the kids on Foxtel watching all the pre-game stuff, the next thing it all turns off, and I'm going, what's going on? So I go to my PC and... My wife tells me, oh, it's Channel 7 exclusive. So I go to channel7.com.au and it's not working. It's um, border security. So I put this panic tweet out. You know, what the <laughs> heck is going on? How do I watch it? Anyway, my kids, they all came. They saved me. Apparently, my own PC would not run whatever it is. So my son, who's got a, a MacBook Pro, comes running out. Dad, I've got it working. And I've grabbed the TV. And it was actually really nice. We watched it in the uh, basically in bed with my youngest and my youngest was barracking just as hard as I was, um, and it was just great. It was fantastic. Ah, very good. I was pretty much the same. I spent it at home with the wife and kids, so the two-year-old had had enough by about half time, so we put him to bed, and then it was just watching it with a Canadian club, made myself a roast beef during the day, so it was all all good. A bit, few nervous times, but a uh, very good result nonetheless. So Now, would it be fair to say, fellas, that Geelong supporters uh, and even the media were very, very confident that they were going to win leading up to the game. Was that a fair statement? They wanted them to win, mate. It was us versus the world. That's what it was. Have yeah, you, 100%. Us versus the world it was. Have you contemplated what it 
might have been like to be in the town of Geelong as a Richmond supporter at all during these times before and after the win? Have you ever thought about what that might be like? Well, I, I, I personally wanted to experience that. So what I basically did, you know, it was really hard on lockdown. And if any police hear me, please, you know, hear this podcast, you know, don't charge me because uh, be empathetic of what I did. So what I basically did, I, drived, I drove down to the closest, you know, um, retirement village, right, just to get the ambience, um, the ambience of Geelong, you know, being a shanty town. So I went to this, you know, really poorly maintained retirement visit village. It's a couple of old, mostly old people. There was a few drug addicts and I saw one bloke ripping off another bloke's car. So I felt really Geelong at home and saw all the Geelong scarves and everything. And this guy missing, missing one leg, you know, with three teeth was telling me how, you know, Ablett and Rowan were going to rip us to pieces um, and yeah, so I think I felt it, you know, I think I really felt the true essence of what is to be a cat supporter and, and truly what it is to do and live in a regional area such as Geelong. Now it's dangerous territory out there. There's no two ways oh, about it. Of course it is. And I've gone straight to the source here, fellas. I've got someone on the line who is a Richmond supporter. He's a good friend of the show and he lives out in the Geelong area and he might have some good insight as to what it's been like there out in Geelong since the Tigers won the flag. Grokadok, are you there? Oh, Grokadoc. Hey, Grokadoc. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. I'm here. Absolutely. Now, you're, you're, in the, you're in the hot spot there down in Geelong. Nervous times before the final. What's it been like before and what's it been like after? Yeah, as you said, uh, I'm live in the heart of Scatsville at the moment. And i got to say, the mood's a pretty somber one at best <laughs> if you're a handbagger fan. The blue and white balloons, ribbons and posters that adorned the buildings and shops went down quicker than danger flopping for freeze in the second half. <laughs> That's pretty quick. (laughs) All the Geelong apparel that was seen adorned by the handbag masses last week have disappeared, much like their pathetic team's foot skills in the second half. (laughs) The normally popular Eastern Beach is deserted and extra salty, just like that Muppet Danger in the goal square in the third quarter. (laughs) There's not one single mention of the cats in and around the city, if you could call it that. It's quieter than a Gary Rowan performance in a grand final. (laughs) Jeepers, that quiet. Bullshit. That's amazing. Horrible, nothing's no. that quiet, man. The only thing as quiet as Gary Rowan is probably the moon. <laughs> I was going to say Antarctica. The vocal foaming, frothing ferals that were present every week down Marrable Street have vanished like their supporters' use of Ninthman jokes. Oh, oh yeah, that's, yeah. Rock, can I ask you a really important question, mate? Yeah. No one's come trying to burn your house down? No, mate. I don't live in Torquay. Oh, you, mate, just be watch it, mate. Watch it. Watch it. Which is you know, surprising. They, they're going to burn your house down. They did it to Vloston. I know. burn your house down, son. You know, they, they give Karayo a bad rap. Jeez, if anyone's house is going to get... <laughs> so uh, have you walked down the main street in your Richmond gear? Have you really... Have you gone to that bravery level and, and just seen what the reactions were like? Yeah, I I did that uh, on Grand Final night actually. I uh, oh, God walks amongst <laughs> us. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, I was braver than uh, Tigger in that tackle with danger. I um I ended up going in uh, down Marble Street actually, a celebratory uh, kebab from my favourite kebab <laughs> shop after I was uh, you know a, a bottle of Sambuca shot down. So. Uh, yeah, it felt, felt a bit brave. And how how the, was that uh, received by the locals wandering down the street in your Richmond gear? Uh, it was, yeah, you you know, uh, I felt like that Richmond supporter who got spat on at, at Cadinia Park. 
Or did you feel like a guy who gets out of his car and like walks a block and then realizes he hasn't got his uh, face mask on in COVID times? Runs quickly and changes. Grok, you've inspired me, mate. Once the ring of steel is down, right, because, you know, I need to visit Geelong again and, and really deposit some, you yeah, know, we, some Richmond goodness. Yeah. I'll meet up with you, right? I'll be decked yeah. out in everything Richmond, right? The whole Richmond get up, right? You do the same. We'll see if we can yep. get a couple other guys with us um, <laughs> to record it, and we'll just we'll just go get a kebab, eat a record. kebab, you know, just to get the fuel going. Um, yep. And then you just walk me down to Continuum Park, and we'll just unload. Um, we'll just sound like basically spray because after I have a few too many beers, it tends to go from solids to more liquids. So we'll just spray the Cadinia Park. And what I really want to do, because I really want to honour the little master, right? I really want to honour him. He's a little a master, mate. A mural? We're going to get a mural of Ablett, right? You know, and, and, and his head, because it's so shiny, like there's not even a molecule of hair on that head. It's shiny. It's beautiful. So what we'll do, Grok, you'll probably stand on the side. You probably <laughs> want to stand a good 100 metres away, but get the phone out. So I record it. We'll upload it. But we'll put it like 25 metres away, like a little mural for him, and I'll just see if I can hit the target. <laughs> Something great. I'll, 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 I'll shoot the position, you know, and off we go. And I'll make sure I have a lot of chili sauce before we do this, which is Spanish um, really spicy salami. So yep. maybe I can even set it on fire because I think that's what it warrants, you know. But definitely Absolutely. the date. We'll do it. We'll go, um, mate, if we can even spin it off, raise some money. Get some um, – raise some money. For <laughs> go fund the account. Yeah, we'll do it like <laughs> a little fun, fundraiser. Um, um, any Richard supporters want to sponsor, you know, <laughs> maybe sponsor a stool. Right? Maybe we could get Nick Lawson involved. I'm yeah. sure he'd be keen to make a deposit. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. Anyone so that do, so, do it. So to all our listeners out there, um, we're going to be down two people. who are going to be killed in approximately three weeks. So <laughs> if you'd like to be part of the Tiger Cast next year, send your tapes through to Michael. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we, will, we will gladly have a listen. Well, we'll ferment the idea. We'll ferment very important um, important word there. But look, I'm definitely going to do a grok. You and me, Absolutely. mate, and we'll record it, and um, we'll be full-blown Richmond. We'll talk about Koch and how great his leadership is and oh, how he's better captain than Selwood. Yeah, we and, do a, we uh, could do a Selwood. live show from Marble Street. We should do it, mate. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. If we beat Geelong in the grand final next next year. Oh, we'll oh that'd be even better. Very, very good, Not all heroes wear capes, Grock. That's one thing we've got to remember here. You're a brave man doing that. Any other mate. news to report down from the Geelong way? Uh, other than uh, my kebab being free, um, Chris what Scott's opinion of Richmond's has, has changed. Um, it's been shattered since they realised that Richmond and Hawthorne have taken, have overtaken them. The tears have been flowing faster than the beers with the boys at the Miami Tavern. <laughs> you could have watched the um, salt intake down there too. Absolutely, like I swear, fish and chip shops won't be going out of out of salt, you know, for the next hundred years down down this way. I swear, like it's like it's been absolutely glorious living down here at the moment. Very absolutely good. glorious. No, uh, I'd good. like. To- I'd like to give a massive shout out to all the Tigers fans living down this way who've had to endure endure the abuse, the trolling, the arrogance, and the sense of entitlement from the handbag fans over the years. How sweet it is! In the words of Dimmer, when the dynasty started, this one's for you. Yes. Very good, Grok. Very good. No, well, I'm just glad to see you're alive. I was a bit worried for your health and safety uh, after we didn't hear from you for a few days, but 
Good to see you're alive and kicking and just flying the flag for the Tiger Faithful down there, mate. Thank you very much for calling in. Uh, and good to Words. hear. Good to hear that uh, you're giving it to the Shanty Town. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm going to wear yellow and black every time I'm in that that city centre, that Shanty Town, and nothing will stop me from doing that. So fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Very good. There you go, folks. You're a legend. Right, right from Ground Zero itself, Crocodile, right in the middle of the Geelong <laughs> heartland, just. Uh, Brave, as brave as they come. <laughs> Give them the Francis Burke Award for that kind of effort. Well done, guys. That's it. That's it. Well done, mate. No worries, mate. <laughs> See you, buddy. See ya. All right, so I thought it was important to get that viewpoint from someone right in that heartland because we can speculate all we want, but until you're there in amongst it, you just don't know what it's really like. Yeah, I agree, mate. Like, we all know what shit looks like, but until you really get up there and smell it, uh, you don't appreciate the level how disgusting it is. So to get that first-hand report was just, mate, it was like a report from Afghanistan. You know what I mean? It was just, mate, I'm riveted. I was riveted. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have touch on the game because it's the only game we've got to talk about, which is good. So, and it's yes. a positive one. So the grand final, Richmond 12-9-81, defeated Geelong 7-8-50 by 31 points, winning our 13th premiership in all its glory. So... I thought we'd do it a little bit differently. Instead of just doing an overarching one, just because of the magnitude of the game, I thought we'd maybe look at it quarter by quarter because I'm sure there's different moments for you both that stood out along the way. Uh, so first quarter, Richmond were 2-1-13 and Geelong were 2-2-14. CB, what would you take after that first quarter? Well, taking the first quarter was, I guess we expected a tight encounter. And that's exactly what we got. So I always thought that you know, and I'll, it sort of goes in the second quarter. We had to be near them, I guess, was what my fear was. You know, we had to be near them to have a shot at it in the second half. And the first quarter was, um, well, let's be serious. It was a bizarre first five minutes, wasn't it? In the first five minutes, we saw Vlosten get knocked out. We saw Ablett bust his shoulder. And then we had two losers, who are apparently comedians, do a, a pitch invasion. Oh, like, it was... Yeah, yeah it, was a pretty, it was a pretty wild. It was a pretty wild first quarter, but it was tough and tight. And um, I thought that first quarter was was a worthy grand final first quarter, if that makes sense. It was a, it was a ripping ripping uh, game. Yeah, my thoughts on it was um, when they scored those those first two points, I wasn't worried. Um, I got worried when Vlosten, when Vlosten got basically thugged out of the game. Now, when people are saying that there was no case to answer with Dangerfield, I put out a tweet and said, um, and I reckon I'm, I'm right on this, if, if Lynch, can you imagine Lynch had the exactly same action and knocked out Dangerfield with that action and had it been Lynch? Um, there's no way he would have got off not without a fine or without any incident. But anyway, I could tell when they scored those first two points, it sort of sh- our defence wasn't shifting the way that it normally does. Obviously, Vlossen's a big part of that. And I did not know at the time about um, Hooley's calf, right? So we lost a fair bit of run um, and that intelligence, intelligent running. And um, so they had two easy breaks. We stabilised a little bit and we scored two fir- the two first goals ourselves. And I thought... Yeah, yeah, no, we're on, but we don't look right. And then when, obviously, they had a quick reply, got their two goals, and then I thought, okay, we've got a game here, but we need to sort out our defenders. That was my main concern going into the second quarter, that our natural instinctive rebound was not there, um, and that worried me a little bit, to be honest. Can can I just interrupt for one second? Hang on. I just want to clarify one thing. So last year, the only reason we beat Geelong in the prelim was because they were missing Mitch Duncan... And Tom Hawkins, can we just confirm that they both played on Saturday night? 
They definitely did. Duncan actually wasn't half bad. Yeah, Hawkins he was pretty was, good. Yeah. yeah, Hawkins was was okay, but they had a full list available. You know, well, but just... they but their jet, mate. The main the main jet that they were missing uh, when we've beaten them pretty consistently was Rowan. Now I think he played. <laughs> did he play? They're still trying to. He's done, he's done a Josh Jenkins. They're still trying to find still, him. Oh, still digging. Apparently, apparently, uh, Rowan, mate, his face is appearing on milk cartons now. Have you seen oh. this guy? The way they talked him up, the way the Geelong supporters on the Geelong board um, prior to the game talked Rowan up as he was the fucking difference. Uh, excuse the language. It was just it just boggles the mind. Let, now, let's talk. Let's talk about the elephant in the room right now. I'll just say this, and it'll be, and, I, and I put a tweet out about this. Given the danger field got cleared. Uh, on what he did with Nick Floston, we should never, ever, ever hear about Cochin and Shield ever again. Correct. It That's was all two, I'm saying. That. It was two motions for mine. Like I understand yeah, you got to protect yourself, but he could have tucked his arm in. He actually thrust it forward. That's right. And accentuated the the contact to his face. He didn't have to. And he, and he stared. If you look at it, because I've, I've watched that vision a fair bit. Once he does get the ball, so the, his arms out to his right, right, and he's you could see him. Then he looks at Vloston. And then he actually brings his arm in and then throws the elbow. You actually see the elbow go ahead of his fist. Like, so if you cock your elbow and push your elbow forward, that's actually what he does. Um, if it was a defensive action, like I said, he's just put his arm out and then to knock the ball, which he's done, your natural human re- instinct is to brace, is to bring the arm to your chest, right? Um, that will tuck your elbow in. That's the natural human instinct to do that, to defend yourself. He didn't do that. He wanted to be a... a he wanted to hurt him, so he threw, left the elbow. He actually didn't leave it out there. He actually pushed it out there. That's, yeah, that's why right. That's why the MRO, to me, is the most corrupt. Michael Christensen is the most corrupt official I've ever, ever seen, um, and it's and it's his fault because he does it. But, you know, it's the AFL. They they didn't want um, them to get it because Dangerful's part of the um, – is the, is the Players Association, and they're in a pay dispute – um, and that's the reason why he got an absolute free pass. Um, it was absolutely disgusting. But anyway, I don't want to go on a tangent. I want to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about the second quarter. Let's talk about, uh, firstly, also, I know we touched on Hooley. I want to pay extra homage to Hooley. Oh, bravery. Um, pinging a calf not long after Vloston goes down, like that's really realistically a, a four-week injury. Typically, yeah. The fact he was able to run the game out. I know Hardwick asked him really nicely if he could really take one for the team here, but the fact he was doing explosive running efforts and chase downs, tackles, kicking. Like, he was taking kicking in duties and everything. Yeah. Just a phenomenal effort from Basher Hawley. Um, and it's another one of those ones, similar to Jack Graham last year, that without him doing what he did for the team, I don't think we win. Having two people down on the bench, we couldn't have coped. Yeah. He was just... Look, has any, any YouTube blokes done your calf? Mate, I'm an old man. Of course I pin calves. Yeah. Calves, I've in, done, calves in particular. Yeah. <laughs> I've done my calf as well, and it, it, it sort of loosens up when you warm up, but in saying that, when you cool down, which you'll do often, I'd imagine, um, in periods of the game, when you're not being used, it can lock right up. So for him to play the way he did without winching, wincing and letting people know that he was in pain or, um, you know, masking it. so he, Unbelievable effort. So the Geelong players would not know that he was actually really limited. We all knew, being um, Richard supporters, we knew he's down. He was really quiet. Something must be up. We didn't know it was an injury, but he wasn't playing like he normally does in big games. So, for him to do that was just yeah, credit to him. Yeah, yeah credit to him. Absolutely brilliant stuff. All right, second quarter. Uh, so half time, Richmond were three two twenty, Geelong were five five thirty five. Now, I'll put my hand up at half time. 
I was feeling a bit shit about the game, and I may have said at one stage during the second quarter that it could be game over when they got on a bit of a roll. I was just a little bit frazzled by them sort of taking us to task a little bit there, CB. Yeah, look, I, I'll admit, I thought I might have almost busted my mate's coffee table when I smashed it with my hand really, really hard at some stage in that second quarter. And I was like you, I was getting pretty uh, pretty frustrated and upset with what was going on because you're just like, oh, my God, we're, we're, we're doomed. You know, it, it was they were on, right? They were absolutely on. And my mate kept reassuring me. He said, look, you just need one goal. You'll be right. You just need one goal. And I'm like, mate, have a look at this. They're all over us, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And uh, Dustin Martin, he gave us a pulse going into that halftime break. But to, to credit to Geelong, they absolutely blitzed. That second quarter, they played unbelievable they, footy. They were unlucky not to be further ahead, to be honest. They, they yeah, were well, that was, much better than us that quarter that they should have been four or five goals ahead. That should have been about 28 points up. Yeah, let, let's talk about it. How satisfying was Gronmeyer's miss? Oh, we played, yeah, what a dickhead. Played on. <laughs> what a dickhead. Yeah, that was very good. Oh, and, and they showed a slow-mo. didn't get over to him and let him know about it either. Well, what, 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 if you look at it when he took the mark, he had four blokes with their hands up saying, stop, stop, yeah. you know, take the shot. And he ignored him. He had a bit of me time. And um, that was that was that moment. That and Dusty kicking that goal, that was like a 12-point moment for us. It was fantastic. Absolutely. That, that, yeah, that could have been the, the nail in the coffin for our confidence. So, Tiggs? What did you make of the Yeah, second? yeah. Um, and I'm on record too because I actually posted on the board during that quarter too. I, I never was in doubt that we'll, we'll still ride in the game, even though when they scored, um, you know, those three goals um, in quick succession, it was the manner in which they scored it. When, when I saw them score, I thought it's just too easy. So generally when I see an opposition score easy goals, it, something's breaking down. Um, that can be fixed. And it was the second quarter. So I was like CB coming into the game. I said, look, I expected us to be down at halftime. Um, it's just the nature of how Geelong play. They like to over all sides. Um, and I figured, look, now if we're with them within 20 points, we're doing really, really well. So I was never really panicked. Um, and the way we scored ourselves, like we managed to score, you know, 1.1 during that game. But, um, I just thought, I just thought, no, by the method of play, we were way down. We had so many people down. We had Grimes down. We had so many of our um, top-tier players down. Um, well, but they were well, were both down. They weren't firing either. They were giving us nothing. They, they weren't. And when they scored, after their third goal, and then they scored two points, and and when they were going, lining up for their fourth shot on goal, I looked at my son and I said, if they get this one, I'm going to start to worry because if they, if they get this one, they might get another. And when he missed, I said, all right, that's good. And then they missed again. I said, okay, this is great. Um, how many minutes left we've got? And I think we had about three or four minutes. And in that three and four minutes, even before Dusty scored, we started getting it inside 50. Yeah, we you turned could actually, the tide. Yeah, you could see a, a shift. We, we sort of worked out short really came into that game and Edwards really came into that um, that quarter as and well. Pickett, I think he stood up in that when the – when it was up against us, I thought Pickett was huge. Yeah, it was really smart coaching. What they did, obviously we didn't know at the time about Hooley, but he realised our drive is what was getting us. So he rolled Pickett back as a defensive um, winger, but basically as another backman. Um, and then we had, and that sort of freed up short to be able to really get that metres game, game going. And then we started penetrating inside 50. Now we had that one score from Martin and what a goal it was. Like it was, it was just how someone can be so brutal but so he's like a if if um, Hulk Hogan was a surgeon, that's Dusty. 
right? He can. <laughs> he, he's just this. Yeah, he's just an enigma on the field. But that goal, exactly what we needed. That that as soon as he kicked it, I've gone. I looked at my son. I said, "We've won." I from that moment on, I go, "We're going to win the game," because. Towards the end of the quarter, as we are getting all these repeats inside 50s, um, it was hard because it's TV, but I noticed that as they were walking off the ground, the camera sort of scanned through a lot of Geelong, and a lot of those players were on their haunches um, or heads down, like like they gave everything that second quarter, and they are only 15 points up. So, yeah, I went in chock full of confidence. And can we say... The first half, clearly Jaden Short was our best player. Do we agree? Oh, oh. can I say something, CB? I'm glad you said that, mate. Yep. I've always rated Jaden Short, right? I've always, um, even very early on, I wanted games thrown at him, right? Because even though he's slight, he's got that beautiful weapon of his. Um, and he just, he's now playing with the maturity. He's intelligent in how he uses his main kicking game and he knows when to hack carry it because for him, hack carrying is in a completely clear the, the press so allow us time to um, shape up um, behind the ball or he can really just he can hit a fly uh, fly on the ass with his kicking so but not only that impressed me he, his ability to tackle his ability to put his head over the ball yeah like his, actual, he, his actual defensive work's gotten a lot better that was his oh, big knock and he it lifted up levels like he sort of obviously said to himself well Hawley's not doing it can't do it um, you know Vlossen's not in it's my turn and and when it's your turn to go, you go, and my God, he went. And I was just so impressed with him. All right, so coming back out for the third quarter, the one thing I found interesting during halftime, not sure if you guys watched much of the halftime break from a, a team perspective, but Geelong was sitting there sort of re-watching the vision of what they did yep. in the first yes, half. And yeah, then was, oh, our yeah. guys were in their, in their line groups. And the one player that stood out to me as we were about to come back out was Noah Bolter. He was kind of in the middle of a few players. And he was just pumped. He was excited. He was raring to go to get back out there. And he just knew the boys were going to be on from the start of that third quarter. Then it showed because I felt the thirds when we uh, we really started to flex our muscle. Uh, Three-quarter time, it was 7-4-46 to 6-8-44. So we piled on a few goals that quarter and uh, Geelong only, only kicked the one. CB, what was the turning point for that third quarter? Uh, well, actually, the t- as you said, actually, the turning point for the third quarter actually occurred five minutes to go in the last in the second quarter where Bolter moved into the ruck forward position and Asprey went in defence, taking on Hawkins. So that's actually what gave us our drive. And um, all of a sudden, like Edwards played a very consistent game. I thought he was great. But all of a sudden, Bolton's third quarter, like Bolton lifted in the third quarter and gave us drive. Um, Prestia lifted. Lambert did some good things. Dusty was just dusty. We just took that game. They call it premiership quarter for a reason, I guess. And we took that game by the scruff of the neck. We... Geelong didn't lose it. We took it. That's how, that's I, how I received that quarter. I don't know what quarter this happened in, but it was Bolter in the ruck, and the ball went up, and it kind of wasn't straight up the middle. But the tap he gave to Dusty was just phenomenal. For someone who's not a full-time ruckman, he just rocked back and put it straight oh, down his throat, and he ran away and cleared it. I'm like, holy crap, that's <coughs> that's what you want to see. Um, Rewalt got the early goal as well in the third quarter, and I thought as soon as he got that, I thought, yep, yeah, we're on here. This is... We're going to get our game going, and if we can kick three or four quick goals here, it's game on. But uh, Tiggs, what did you make of the third? Yeah, look, the third was a typical. We made the game a Richmond game. Um, Jack's so smart to get that free kick. Obviously, we won the the clearance, and Prestia was immense also in that third quarter. I really want to highlight his efforts. But, you know, he did those two soccer kicks just to mongrel the ball forward. And 
And Jack, anticipating it was going to happen, what he did, what I loved about him, what he wasn't doing in the first two quarters, he actually engaged Henderson, like got in a bit of a wrestle with him and grabbed him by the jumper as Hendo was grabbing him and then shoved him behind him. So what your natural reaction when you shove behind someone is to reach out and hug him. Um, and he accentuated it, which is a perfect forward craft. That's, if you know, um, yes, it was a free kick. It was, a, by the rules, a free kick, but... Um, Rewalt did enough to, one, create that free kick and make sure the umpire was aware of it without flopping and, you know, um, making a non-free kick a free kick, if that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Selwood does with his head shrug. So that was really smart. Um, but what really got me excited, I was looking at I was looking at my son and we're watching us go on. After we kicked that goal, we started chaining the ball by hand. That was the biggest thing I got from it. We, there was a passage of play where... Um, Bolton handballed to Edwards, which handballed to Graham, which handballed to Lambert. And when we did that four, and I looked at my son, I said, okay, yeah, we're back. Um, and that's when the Everlane started. They couldn't they could control it. See, Geelong, being an older side, um, they, uh, they keep a beautiful football because it conserves energy. We force them to play messy football. We force them to try to anticipate where we're going. So we force their backs to run left, right, up, down, trying to find out where's this bobbling ball going. And it, and it worked on their heads. And then when we got the second goal and then the third goal, you could literally see them dip their heads like, my God, preliminary finals coming again. Um, agree with Bolter. He gave us a lot more mo- mobility in the ruck, yeah. um, which was a different look than Nankervis. But let's, you know, Nankervis for me is probably one of the top three of the game for me. If we did not have Nankervis rucking, we wouldn't have won the grand final. I'm convinced on it. He was, his his tackle on Guthrie set the time. It, it what really, yes, Jack got the goal, but I think he tackled Guthrie before our second. Um, after Joel Selwood handballed to Guthrie and he just closed him down and tackled him, created a turnover which led to our second goal in that third quarter. So, yeah, yeah that was immense. It was great. Absolute lion heart, Nankers. Yeah, he's a warrior. Yeah, I think he had, he had six tackles again, second most for us. Just and the most Herculean pressure, effort. And the well, most pressure acts of anyone on the ground. I'll that, give you something. They, they said on SCN today, he, had, he was the best pressure player Yep, that's the whole final series, yeah. That's right. The whole final series, wow. Yep. And you know what? His taproot work's improved. People forget he's only 23, isn't he? No, I think he's he's about 25, 26. Yeah. No, I'm sure he's young. I thought he was 24. He's about about to peak. He's about 25, 25, 26. He's in there. He had a bloody good final series, though. He, He was unbelievable. Oh, he's 26, 12th of August. Okay, 12th of August, he's 26 years of age. Okay, all right. Yeah, I thought he was 23, 24. That's when we recruited him. God, I'm a dickhead. You recruit someone, you think they don't age. But yeah, (laughs) he's peaked it now. He's going to start to peak now. So we should start seeing the best of him. And then moving on to the last quarter, the final result obviously ended up 12, 9, 81 to 7, 8, 50. We just kept breaking him down, didn't we, CB? He was just an avalanche, as Teague said earlier. It couldn't be stopped. Five goals to one. Dusty was just showing pure brilliance. That last goal, I mean, I know goal of the year was already awarded, but all four of his shit on whatever won, um, he was just a freak, and he thoroughly deserved his Norm Smith. But the the last quarter, what did you, what was your take from that? I'm just going to fess up right now. I was tense. Still about two minutes to go. <laughs> Honestly... I, I, I found it still stressful, even though, yeah, logic tells you it was a Richmond game. We had it on our terms. We were all over it. I had my mate telling me, you've got it, relax, have a beer, enjoy it. And I was still on the edge of my seat the whole way, <laughs> just Tiger of old type mentality, right? 
Um, but it, it, like you said, it became a Richmond game, didn't it? We we broke them. Our speed. Remember, we spoke in the pre-game, and we spoke about our speed and creativity, didn't all, we? Across all lines, that was the key factor. Across we had it on lines. every line. It wasn't just contained to one. And what did? And what was Geelong's big problem? Oh, that's right. In the third quarter, they they had, and look, I heard uh, Tiggs talk to Sen today about it. And he said, "Yeah, you gave Scott credit about sticking Dangerfield and sticking with it in the third quarter, but that was their one move, right? Dangerfield middle." Dangerfield forward. And we said that. We said that was going to be a strength but their weakness, right, if it doesn't come off. But for us, we could shift Bolton, you know. We could shift Marlon Pickett. We had that many different options that we could throw in the middle and around the place to keep the ball moving and get the game onto our terms. And that's exactly what we did, and that's exactly why we absolutely steamrolled him in that last quarter. Speed, creativity to the end, and pressure. Pressure, pressure. And how good was that first goal of the last quarter by Prestia? Not so much his finish was good, but the pick-up from Kane Lambert under pressure oh. and the quick handball off was just magic. And yeah. not many players can do that. Not many players. I, people say he's a, he's a role player and he's not, he's not skillful. Um, he, mate, that, that was um, top-tier level of skill to pick that up with one hand and then release it accurately to a running, to a running Prestia. Um, so we create that goal. That was just brilliance. That oh, was, was very good. And uh, anything else from the last quarter there, Tiggs? What, what was yeah. the dusty love? Yeah, um, look, for me, um, what was really pleasing for me is, is that at, at the start of the fourth quarter, like, I was really confident we are going to win the game. Um, so I was in, just enjoying it. Um, and I wanted to see what Geelong had. So I really – look, I def, I'll just mention it because CV sort of brought it up. Um, people are hanging it on Chris Scott, right? Um, even I – look, I fucking, I've hanged it on Chris Scott a lot. But um, particularly for putting Dangerfield forward, um, Hardwick did the same thing, put Dusty forward. Um, and the reason, yeah, it worked for us and not him, but I thought Chris got coached bravely with the tools that he had. Now, that's not a giving him an excuse. See, with our creativity, we could shift players to different roles, like Bolter goes onto a ruck. The way they were using um, Blissarves, they didn't change his role, and he started to slow right down. So he started getting caught. And during that fourth quarter, you could see some of their old um, old timers start to really start to slow down as the pressure was ramped up. I have to say, um, when Menegola, when we scored the pressure goal, and then Melangolia did that beautiful, courageous mark, and that brilliance by both Short and Simo Simpson, Simmons, whatever his name yeah. is, to, to try to just you know contest the ball, and that poor young Geelong kid got knocked out completely. That you know, was a massive smash. Massive he's doing, smash. He's doing well now, apparently. Smash. I think yeah, 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 which is great good. news. Yeah, good to hear. Which is great news. But that, um, in a way, now, hear me out when I say this. As soon as that happened um, and the length of break that it had, I was even more convinced that we would win because our one weakness there was a lot of our fight back. We use a lot of tickets in the third, and I thought they're giving us another rest break. Um, yes, Geelong would have a bit of a rest, but they looked bone-weary. Um, and they had a lot of mental issues, um, obviously, you know, living the past um, failures against us. But we didn't have those mental issues, but we were running with basically too short. So that gave us a nice needed break. And then after that break and after he kicked that goal, we just went bang. And we kicked multiple goals pretty quickly. And, look, Dustin Martin, hey, to be able to track Stanley, have the smarts to um, not go in front of Stanley till Stanley spilt the ball, then scoot in front of him, knowing that Stanley's going to handball it or throw it, like they're getting away with so many throws, throw it to Dangerfield. So to be able to get in, you know, that smartness by 
did that IQ get in, in the way of that and actually intercept the throw? And then it was just, I wish someone, please, someone on the boards or someone on the Twitter universe can get that freeze frame with with Dangerfield, you know, his arms around Dusty, you know, sprawled on the floor, just looking up at the majesty that is Dustin Martin as he's going for shot for goal. Um, and, yeah, if you get that, I'm going to blow that up into a bloody po- um, poster-sized billboard and I'll put it at the front of my corner block. That's what I'll do. It was just – he was just – grand finals and big moments are just made for him. And, and I think my mates – we well, I've watched the game a few times, particularly with my mates. I think he's peaking. He is now starting we'll – we'll see the next two, three years will be the best of Dustin Martin. Um, so yeah, no, it's fantastic. But he the, was brilliant. The best part of that goal when you watch the slow mo vision, if you watch, if you look at the last slow mo replay they show from behind Dusty, as the ball hits Dustin's boot, a Richmond guy in the crowd stands up with his arm in the air. He knew straight away that was going in. Yeah. He was not going to miss. I thought that was just a great moment. Yeah, um, just... the, the Tiger faithful that were there, but an incredible win. I think. Out of the last three grand finals, that's been our best one. Just all things considered, what we we're up against, the whole COVID stuff, the hub, not playing a genuine home game. Um, the opposition, were pr- for, really, were pretty good, a lot better than the Giants were and uh, gave more of a fight than what Adelaide did. I just, I think that was one of our best ones. It's well, funny, let's, okay. I... let's, let's, let's indulge ourselves. So I'll start with you, Michaels, and you go, Tiggs. So rate the three premierships from your favourite to... Um, from one to three. I'd go. say... Favourite would be this one, then 17, then 19. Yeah, I, we had this debate Sunday. Um, funny enough for me, I rate the 17 one as the most valuable one simply for the fact is, is that we were underdogs, that we poleaxed the uh, one, second and fourth best sides getting there. Um, and the method of our play birthed what we're seeing now. I think without the 17, eight, um, 19 and 20 wouldn't have happened. Um, then obviously this year is my second favourite and the GWS is my third favourite. And you say so I'm, I'm with Michaels. I reckon this year with what everyone, every club had to overcome, um, this year's just been off the charts with the interruptions, the unknowns, the players living away, not seeing their family. It's just been a hell of a year. So I actually rate this one. And the fact that we, we – everyone's been so critical of us for nailing soft kills in grand finals. Well, there's nothing they could say about this one. This took away every single argument that's been thrown at us for the last three years. It just destroyed all myths and things that we knew were bullshit anyway. So for me, it's yeah. this one, 17, and then 19. You know what's funny with this win, <laughs> which no one really has mentioned, like it's been sort of mentioned by us, but um, – you know, they were questioning our culture and our class and all this sort of stuff. And, yes, we did a beautiful thing for Gary Ablett, and I was really proud of the club doing it. But we did actually something more important than that. Um, when when Gary Ablett came back onto the ground and everyone was going on, we could have hit him legally. If we had just done one hip and shoulder, he wouldn't have played the rest of the game. And we could have done that five minutes into the second quarter when we were under siege. But the boys had the class not to do that, not to play. And I'll tell you something, if roles had been reversed and that had been um, Cochin, let's say, with a really busted shoulder, um, Selwood would have gone right through him and their players would have gone right through him. Um, But we didn't do it. And the reason why I can say that with a bit of um, honesty is, you know, I still remember when when Lynch was crucified on the media for rubbing some kid's face onto the ground and Selwood was doing that to Baker – 
And Bruce McAvaney, that absolute tool, seeing it, it's on TV, and his comment was, oh, look at Selwood, he's still fighting. And if it had been one of our boys, it would have been, you know, God knows, he's just killed him. But but our boys didn't do it. Our boys didn't line up, Gaz. Uh, yeah, they could have. agree. Uh, particularly under all that stress, you know, we need to win the game. They, no, they just played. That's why we're above everyone on the competition. It can sound really arrogant, but it is what it is. I reckon the reason we're so above everyone is not just by ability and how we do it. It's because of our culture. It's, you can't manufacture it, um, no matter how many people Essendon bring in. And that culture, that level of play the game the Richmond way, um, and most of the media has no clue what that is. They look at stats um, to try to define it. And I think that's what sets this level of anyone else, because when we're pressured, when we're really at um, the task is against us, that's when we get to work. Um, and not many cl- clubs have the gears we have. No. No, they definitely don't. You're right. Culture is everything, and you, you can't just copy another club's culture. You've got to de- devise your own, and that's why we are where we are. The uh, the last two players I want to talk about, well, we've already touched on one, but the other one we haven't. Trent Cochin is now a three-time premiership captain. That incredible effort by Koch. He, he Dimmer, uh, Brendan Gale, and Pigo Neal have single-handedly and Barmy, turn this club around, CB. Um, what does it mean for you having Trent Cochin as a, a three-time premiership captain? Well, it's it's funny when, um, you know, and as you, you get these high draft picks and they come to your club and you hope, you know, everyone, it's a dirty word potential when they first start up, you know. You hope they become a premiership player. You hope they, you know, do all these wonderful things. And then when you actually see it materialise, like we all... When Koch was young, we always thought he would be the next captain. Um, but, man, for him to be a three-time premiership captain, it's just off the charts, honest to God. It's just off the charts. And um, I'm so glad that, you know, we all got to appreciate it and, and see it. And it's, it's just a, it's a wonderful thing for him and it's a wonderful thing for the club. And I tell you, no one's worked hard. You think of all the knocks he's had over his career – He's, he's had to bloody earn it. Nothing was nothing was given to him, was it? No, no he's had to earn every. Oh, he's had to earn every single bit. He gets. Oh, I'm proud of him. I, I, um, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him. He, um, he, along with Dimmer, um, they just created something where you know you can share your vulnerabilities. And I could, from where he's gone, because he used to be slagged off by the media because you know his his high possession games. Didn't hurt you. They used to attack him really, really, uh, you know, a whole heap. And he could have gone the other way. He could have really closed up and worried about himself, but he didn't. He he really just tried to bring everyone with him. And, and you could tell the players love him. The players play for him. My best moment in any footy game um, that I've watched in my whole 48 years um, would be, not funny enough, not the GWS goal that he did, um, though that was great, was the actual preliminary final goal against Ge- um, Geelong, where he did that, you know, three sixty spin. Oh. Not because of the not because of the goal was brilliant. The moment, but you, the moment, and the players, Dusty from Dusty from everyone came to him, and you could tell they came to him because he deserved the rap that he that he showed how elite of a talent he is. Because if there's, if you ask any player. Who sacrifices their game to win premierships? It's Cochin. He can, he sacrifices his game to make sure we win. Yeah, right. And he does that more than any other player. And it, and it's great that people are starting to recognise it outside the club. But yeah, that was the best moment for me, um, seeing him get that celebrated by the players. 
And the million dollar question, fellas. Dusty wins his third Norman Smith medal, maintains an incredible finals football record. Is he now the greatest Tiger ever, CB? Okay. So I went to my old man, he's 88. So he's seen about nine flags in his lifetime. So he saw Peak Hart, Peak Bartlett, Peak Dick Clay, seen them all. And I said, Dad, I said, you tell me. I said, is Dustin Martin the greatest ever Tiger you've ever seen? He said, well, he said, when you think about football, how it's played back in the old days, he said, Royce Hart was centre-half forward, and that's all he played. And he said, and Kevin Bartlett, who I thought was our greatest ever Tiger, he said, he was centre, and then he finished his career in the forward line. He said, but Martin does it all. He starts in the centre, then he goes to full forward, or he goes full forward and he's in the middle. He's everywhere. So, Dad, I'll t- I'm going to let my dad decide for me. If Dad says he's the greatest Tiger he's ever seen, that's good enough for me. Fair enough. He's got far more uh, experience in the plays than I have. I'm happy to go with him. Tiggs? Yeah, it's hard for me because everyone knows how much I love Dustin Martin, right? I love him. In, in raw ability and for what he's achieved, yes, he's the greatest player that we've we've got. And and we aren't, we're, and it hasn't ended yet, right? So, But the most favourite, your question was, is he the, my most favourite player? Um, and being favourite is not just based on ability. He would never get above – he would have to do a lot more to get above Richo for me. Richo kept me going to games. Richo kept me paying my membership. Rich me, Richo um, mate, kept that pride to be a Targa, even though we were so shit. <coughs> he get that spark going. And um, for me, I'll never forget that. He – he was just – he was a footballer. He was a footballer. He was great. He had all the talent in the world, but he was a supporter playing for Richmond. That's how I always saw him. What about in terms of overall greatness for the club? Do you think Dusty's great- past him? Yeah, yeah. Dusty's past him on ability, yes, in relation to, um, you know, winning games for Richmond Football Club. Um, no one finishes. I had a, a good debate with a mate of mine who, funny enough, is a cat supporter. Um, this morning about Martin and um, he goes, oh, you're lucky you got such a good finisher. And so we broke it down. I said, you realise, and what really struck me is, yeah, he's a finisher, but more often than not, he starts the scoring chain. So more often than not, he'll get us in a position to, he'll start the scoring chain and then work by work rate alone, get to a position where he can actually finish it. That separates him from the danger fields. That separates him from the other, like your Hodges and your, uh, your, your, your Judds in my mind, because the finishers, the other great finishers, generally got all the work done for them and then they just finished that work. Dustin Martin often, more, and particularly this year, was on display when we had no midfield. He, would gener- he, he has the ability to generate that, um, the, the, um, the assist to score and then actually go there and score himself. So, yeah, from start to yeah. finish, yeah. Yeah, for uh, finishing, no one can beat him. In pressure moments, no one can beat him. And um, I think I think now the argument needs to end about is Dangerfield as good or equal to Martin? I'm sorry. No, I mean, you can't. If you anyone can't. from John listens, I apologise, but he still, in my opinion, has not performed in a final no. when you've needed him to, and that is key. Um, and he just simply hasn't done it. He was missing again after half time in a in a grand final. So I think that argument's been put to bed. Yeah, Dangerfield is a bigger version of Trelaw, but without the ego. Well, I mean, with the with the ten times like Trelaw, I rate because he's actually team first, Trelaw. But um, Dangerfield's exactly like Trelaw and how they play. He's just a bigger body, um, and has a ten ten you know ten times the ego. That's why he'll never get to that level of greatness because. Uh, Danger will take these crazy shots 
flop for free kicks. So it all can be about him. Where Dusty, the first thing he thinks of when he gets the ball, what's the best decision I can make so the team gets the goal? Yeah, and that's that's a huge difference. Yeah. That's why we love him. Can, can I just ask, so has Dustin Martin surpassed Christian Petrarca as a footballer? <laughs> oh, he's got a while to go, mate. He's got a while to he's go. He's surpassed like, we're in about, womb. We're talking about Christian <laughs> Two, two pizzas, Petrarca, right? Where, you know, he's, he's the level he got to in those home and away games against North Melbourne. Wow-wee, right? Wow-wee. But, um, no, yeah, it's going to put bed to all those stupid comparisons. Oh, fucking Petrarca is close to Dusty. He's, nah, Dusty's just... Dusty's just he's in a, a world of his own, Dusty. Yeah. We're watching a living legend at the moment because yeah. Dusty's he's still got five, six years of footy left in him. We're watching it at the moment, so just fucking enjoy it. All right, and on to our fantastic coach, Damien Hardwick. What a year he's had, and I don't know about everyone else, but up until his grand final speech, I actually had no idea that his family wasn't up there with him. I thought they were as per like what the players and that had. So for him to be away from his family for that long, um, having the stresses, the day-to-day stresses of coaching and to get the, the boys to a flag is just a, an incredible effort. And he, he come out and he's obviously said that he's going to be taking three months off, coming back in Feb. I think all the best and fair play to him. Like You would need so much of a mental break after going through all the COVID stuff and um, the stresses of not seeing your, your loved ones. But CB, your take on Dimmer and his three-month hiatus? Absolutely justified. And I think that's what makes us a great club. The fact that, I mean... The, the, the problem is when you read something, you go straight away you think, oh, we've lost Lepich and we lost Flybags, right? Who have been wonderful servants of the club, absolute superstars. But then Richmond is about the system and the process on and off the field. And I truly believe that we can cover him and um, I'm not even concerned about it. And I think if any bloke has earned long service leave, it's the bloke who's just coached us to three flags. So no dramas here. Yeah, I agree with you. Everything you said there, mate. And the good thing with us too is people got to realise um, for the training and the preconditioning training that you know pre-seasons are, um, we've got we've got you know coaches that have, have gone through the whole process with Dimmer, like Livingston, and um, we've got a few others that can do that. Hardwick doesn't need to be there. He deserves spend time with his family. I reckon knowing what we know of Dimmer, I wouldn't be surprised if he uses that three months away to re-energise, refresh, but to learn new ideas. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if not probably next year, but the year after we evolve again. And it just makes me super, super excited. Yeah. No, we love you, Dimmer. Take all the time off that you need, mate. You've uh, brought us all so much happiness and yeah, you can come back whenever you want. All right, we'll move on quickly. The uh, best and fairest was last night. So it actually works in our favour doing the show on a Tuesday night. Um, I'll go through the top 10 results. So, Jaden Short won the Jack Dye medal on 53 votes. Second was Dusty. Third, Vloston. Fourth, Shea Bolton. Fifth, our man, Camden McIntosh. I call him a top five finish. Sixth, we Liam call Baker. Our, our boy. Cappy, our we boy. love him. Uh, sixth, Liam Baker, who's had a phenomenal year. Uh, seventh, Dylan Grimes. Eighth, Noel Bolter, which I think everyone's going to be really wrapped for him. Ninth, Kane Lambert. And tenth, Trent Cotchin. Um, so, I mean, a pretty handy top ten, no matter what way you look at it. But Jaden Short taking it out on 53 votes. Just what an incredible year. Doesn't make All-Australian. Uh, plays a game of his life in a grand final and wins the Jack Dye medal CB. He couldn't ask for much more. I'll, I'll tell you something. What do you notice about that top 10, the names you just read out? What's the one thing that stands out out of all those names? A lot of defenders. Uh, yep. Bingo's yep. the name You've got what, out of the top 10, 
short defender, Vlosten defender, McIntosh winger, but plays defence, Baker, Grimes, and Bolter. Yeah. So um, just goes to show, I mean, normally, you know, a lot of medals are midfielders' medals, but it just goes to show how Richmond, their rating systems are so much different, and clearly we we rate Richmond Mandax over a lot of cheap possession getting and, and things like that, and... For Jaden Short to take it out, I mean, what a wonderful, pleasant surprise! No one, no one saw that. Like, I had Vlosten, so did I, I had Vlosten and Martin as the top two. Yeah, um, I thought Bolton would be three, and I thought McIntosh would be in there as well, and probably Grimes. So, um, the, the ones that please me is Jaden Short winning. I reckon that's a wonderful achievement. Uh, Bolton coming in at four is awesome. Cappy at five, love that. But Baker at six is brilliant, and Noah Bolter eighth. I mean, what what really, a phenomenal year. What if I mean, I know he's played before. What a first year in a set position as fullback playing at the top level. Just yep. crazy. Yeah, no. yeah, brilliant, brilliant. It's funny, though, when, when you mentioned they're all defenders, and the reason why they're all defenders is that was one part of the ground that we had no injuries on, really. If you compare it to the midfield, that didn't play for the majority of the year. Um, and, um, yeah, it, but that takes nothing away for who's being picked. Like, I... My feeling, um, I had a really strong feeling that um, Blossom would win it, um, but obviously he, he didn't. Um, Dustin Martin, I wouldn't be surprised if he won it because he carried out midfield for most of the most of the year. Um, because but, finals accounted too is why Dusty would have obviously charged home as well. Yeah, yeah, but he carried the midfield. It wasn't sexy. People saying he wasn't informed, but he was just he was getting our clearances and trying to generate um, our ability to score. Um, which you know he he did it with no other support other than Shy. And I was so happy for Shy. Um, Shay. Shay, sorry yeah. Shay. Yeah, so happy for Shay. Um, he knows he belongs. That's like he was. He's not very animated, right? And it's really hard because they're in Queensland, so you only can go off what you see on TV and on the internet and stuff. But I've seen him smile a lot more, and that's great. Like, before he wasn't known for that. Now he's smiling, and he's a bit more animated, and tells me, and Baker, mate, I can't get past Baker. He's my favourite. Out of all my current players, he's, he's probably one of my favourite players in my top three. But, sure, look, his dad passed away. He had every excuse under the sun to bail on the year. Um, and, you know, it, it goes... He, he just got better and better, and it, it's just a testament to our culture, putting our arms around him, allowing him to f- perform the best he can. So, yeah. so proud of him and proud of the club, really. Yeah, well said there, fellas. Couldn't agree more. All right, we'll move on to some listener questions for the last time this year. Thank you to everyone throughout the year for sending through your questions, by the way. It's one of the highlights for us to see what you all come up with, and we hope we've uh, entertained you with our answers and given some good insight as well. Uh, oh, actually, point of correction, we will do questions on our trade show, so it's not the last time. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Definitely a trade-specific yeah. live podcast will be yeah. coming up, so keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, so first one from Elise. We've kind of touched on it slightly, but uh, we'll go through this as quick as we can. Was there a point in the last quarter you guys were confident we had it won, or were you all like me and couldn't relax until Jack had kicked his goal with about a minute to go? Elise, I'm with you. I was a wreck until about three, four minutes to go. I was... Not willing to, uh, even though the obvious was staring me in the face, I couldn't relax and enjoy it till that point. No, I was confident, but in saying all that, Elise, I'm 48, 48 years of age, and the old Richmond is hard to break, and I wouldn't have surprised me um, that if they kick five goals in under two minutes. Um, so that was always in the back of my head, but I was pretty confident of the win. Uh, Al, I was pretty happy with the way the game was going, probably towards the end of the third quarter, which is one of those things where you could tell that... It, it was going to take a lot for Geelong to kick the amount of score they had to get without us scoring again to win. But um, 
you're always nervous with Geelong, I guess, but no, I was pretty confident towards the end of the third. Uh, from Sinbad. Ah, oh, Sinbad! Arr! 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 I deliberately paused there just to wait for, for you guys to do your thing. When uh, when Dusty embarrassed Dangerflog on the scale of one to Randy Marsh Jizz gif. Now, do you know what that Randy Marsh gif is? Just Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tiggs might not, but that's good that you do. Where were you boys at? I don't know what it is. Yeah, is that, and... is that like you hipsters? Is that a hipster gift? That's why CB knows no, it by night. No, no, it's, it's hard to explain, but that's all right. Uh, so how excited were you about Just that? Just thanks for leaving me out here then. Thanks, thanks for what leaving did, me out there alone. And what did we make of Lethal Lee Matthews saying that our side is now greater than the Hawks dynasty and that the only player he's not insulted about being compared to is Dustin Martin? Can, can I answer this one first with Sinbad? Yeah. Yeah, you do that because I'm just going to Google what Randy... Gif, yeah, you, you Google Randy Marsh jizz gif, and yeah, you'll see. What you mean. So, so South, okay. yeah, South, so, yeah. So Sinbad, I'll tell you how excited I am. I am Randy Marsh with a penguin in the latest COVID episode, or Randy Marsh with the Wuhan bat. That's how excited I am <laughs> on the uh, Randy Marsh excitement uh, thing. So Try maybe it. you, Sinbad, need to go have a look at that episode, <laughs> and you'll see how excited I am <laughs> now. Um, as far as Lee Matthews talking about our side and Hawks Tennessee, I just want to put this out there because it is a good talking point. I don't want to – I think anyone who gets caught up in these bullshit arguments of, oh, the Lions 3P and the Hawks and the Cats and which is the better team, Richmond, and it's all crap. All you want is your team to be in those conversations. So our team is now in a conversation with the Lions 3P, the Hawks 3P, the Cats, five flags, uh, three flags in five years, and now we're in it. That's all you want. You can rip that shit apart any way you want, but that's all you want. Our team is that good that who would have thought, who would have thought we'd ever be in the Lions conversation? Like, remarkable. Yeah. And as far as Dustin Crazy. Martin and, and you know, with, with Lee Matthews, and these people want to have these, oh, who's – forget it. Again, just be happy with the fact that Dustin Martin is in the same conversations – as Lee Matthews, for God's sakes, possibly the greatest player. You know what I mean? Like, that's what should make us happy, that we've got a player who's in God mode. In, in point of fact, I was talking to uh, my good mate Elton John's week, El- Elton John's week, and this is the best way to describe Dustin Martin right now. For all you old gamers I and like dudes who play pinballs, yep. Yep, Dustin Martin has clocked football. Uh, I was going to say done. he's got cheat mode on, like the old Shane Warne cricket solid oak where you can't get bowled out. He just no, stands gone, there and hits things for six every time. I've gone I've gone 80s 80s gaming. Gone Dustin fair. Martin has clocked, like the lager, he's clocked it. He, he's um, a freak. Have you found the no, gift we, there? Well, no, yeah, well, I've got a one. Um, in relation to Sinbad, in relation to Dusty embarrassing um, Danger Flog, um, mate, I was so happy. It was literally Coney Island, um, the Lonely Island, jizzing my pants happy. That's that's how happy I was, right? That's an epic song. If you haven't heard that song, go go listen to it. That um, was fantastic. But, um, no, it's brilliant. In relation to which side's better than the other side and all that sort of stuff, I don't – we're Richmond. I couldn't give a fuck about the other side. That's me being honest with you. I don't – people try to compare teams, right, and – that's a fool's argument because let's say the Hawks, let's look at the Hawks dynasty for just for a quick second. They didn't have to compromise draft in building that list. Right. Um, so they weren't impacted like we were. So does that make us better? 
Who knows? Um, but, um, yeah, no, I'm just happy with Richmond. I reckon three flags we're at at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if we pinch another one or another two um, because we've got a really good coaching team. So, um, as to Lee Matthews, yeah, look, when he said that, you know, the only one he's not insulted by is being compared to um, comparing himself is Dusty Martin. The man said it the most better than anyone else can. If he, Because he's still alive. He's telling you that he rates Dusty above everyone else. So yeah. that's enough for me. All right, next one from the tail. Have you guys seen the Jilol trilogy? It's where you watch the 17 qualifying final, 19 prelim, and Can 20 grand final, one after another. Go for it. Can I? Yeah, that nearly killed me. Um, yes, I did, Taylor, that's great. You obviously think like me. I've got a lot of... I'm 48, guys. So most of my mates are all 48. And normally we have a routine, and we've been doing it uh, since 95. Any, <laughs> we haven't had to go um, since nine, after 95. We haven't been having to do it often. Until um, now, but any preliminary final or any um, last final we feel it's a last final that's going to be in Melbourne, we'll all go as a group. Um, and then after the game, what we do is we, you know, go our separate ways, and then on that Sunday, we'll meet up at either one of our places, whoever nominates, we'll have a barbecue and a big piss on. And what we do basically is every time Richmond scores a goal, we take a drink, right? And we discuss the game. It's really great. So we did that during the grand final. I did that this this weekend, um, and then one of my mates decided let's let's do that. Let's watch the seventeen, the nineteen, and the twenty. But it wasn't the qualifying final, preliminary final, and the grand final. It was seventeen grand final, nineteen grand final, and twenty grand final. And after already being semi tanked by watching the twenty grand final already, I have to say I, I managed to get to probably oh, the second quarter of the um, GWS game before I I just conked out, but. Yeah, nah. I've seen the Jalol trilogy often. <laughs> CB? Yeah, I was. Um, I thought I was really clever and thought I'd thought I'd thought of that all by myself. But then, like I said, the tail and t- everyone else had thought of it. So um, I haven't done it yet. But let me tell you, we got a long summer coming up, and it is on definitely <laughs> on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next one from Lee Williamson. I just want the crew to write off Ablett and Dangerfield's performance in the grand final, and I'm also wondering when TIG71 is heading down to Kitty Litter Park to lay his gift. Um, <laughs> so they remember the loss in the greatest day of the modern team. Uh, I would probably start off by saying I don't want to write off Ablett's performance because he played through a broken shoulder, and no matter who you are, what level you play, that takes super courage. Was it uh, confirmed to be broken? Yeah, I just saw something come up before. Yeah, it is. A broken yeah, shoulder, that's, that takes balls to do that, and... Yeah, he probably wasn't as effective as he would have liked to have been, but similar to what Hawley did for us, he he put himself out yeah. there to give his team the best chance possible to win, and that's what the the champions do. And um, I yeah, I don't want to write his off. I, I want to pay him the ultimate respect for doing that because that takes a lot of courage. But Dangerfield, on the other hand, he he was MIA in the second half. He's on the the same milk carton as Gary Rowan. <laughs> Just to see his face though, see the face of him. Like I have to give him credit in the sense that. Um, uh, when we when we won, and obviously he knows, he would know more than anyone that he just butted it up, right? And he might make excuses in his own mind, but the reality is, as he was in bed Saturday night, he's, the reality's come that, you know, you, you, you just you sputtered it up in the most important game of your life. So, but he's been pretty matter-of-fact. He, he, he's heaped a lot of praise um, on on our list, on our players as well. So, uh, yeah, look, he's, but he's, see, I feel for danger because he's not even in the same league as uh, Martin. People put him there because Martin, um, but he's not even on that league. So, yeah, no, I'm just, um, yeah, 
I will never write off Ablett. He was just a little star, rich little star, and he made his money in Gold Coast. So I don't believe all of the narrative that, you know, how great a homecoming was. Mate, he just got paid millions of dollars to, to play his game and then came back and got, you know, more money. And But, look, the way he ended his career, what he's done for Geelong. Um, and for yeah. the game, really, and for the whole. And for the game, really, did he improve Richmond's game? Did he, did he, no, see, if he had stayed at Geelong, I'd be right with you. But he went to Gold Coast Suns. I don't know, for me, he's, what, four years at Gold Coast Sun in his peak, improved the game? I disagree. I think yeah. it was wasteful. His talent was wasted in Gold Coast. Um, I think in 2012, that was the one good year under um, Guy McKenna, uh, before he did his shoulder, I think it was. But before that, the first 11 rounds, he was in, he was in, lightning form, and he wasted all that. If he had a state in Geelong, Geelong would have won probably another two flags. I have no doubt. Yeah. I'll say enough. this. I'll say this about Adelaide. Everyone talks about the stories are coming out now about Dustin Martin and Adelaide matched the offer and Dusty nearly left and Dusty nearly this and that. Ablett did take the friggin' cash. That's it. So let's just put this in perspective. Whenever you hear this, oh, Dustin Martin and GWS, he met him. Ablett took the cash. Dustin Martin's a one-club player. Never forget that. Onto That's the it. game. Onto the game, no. Um, no, look, the only thing that sort of frustrated me was when Ablett went down, the camera's on him because he's clutching his shoulder, and we had a dude completely laid yes. out cold. <laughs> yeah, no, no it was all about the, the little master. Oh, he's holding his shoulder. And we've got a dude who's getting his neck put in a brace and getting stretched off on an absolute brave act. So that frustrated me. But look, Ablett has been a um, wonderful player, He's done wonderful things for the game of football. He was a very fair player. Um, oh, I wouldn't say he was wonderful... fair. Oh, he threw well. those multiple elbows. He, oh, those oh. elbows. He was, he was elbow. He threw three elbows. <laughs> no, no, you no. You can't tell no. me he wasn't whack. No, no, no. Anyway, you, you had your chance. I'm talking. Oh, right. yeah, okay. So, Ablett, so, bloody, to me, Ablett been a very good footballer um, and all the best to him. As far as Dangerfield, this franked, this performance franked what I've thought about this bloke. And that is, the fact is, he goes missing in the biggest games. And he does. He had one, he's had, how many finals has he played in, you reckon? He's probably played about eight. Yeah, and he had one good final, which was last week. And everyone's talking, oh, all of a sudden it's dusty. And he had, he had Kane Corns. If you listen to the radio call on SEN, Kane Corns was saying, oh, if Dangerfield plays well this game, he's, he's the best player. He's better than Martin. Based on one game, like turn it up. Yeah. So no, Dangerfield. I agree with Tiggs. Dangerfield is in the next rung. He's with your Petrarcas, your Bontempellis, very good footballers, but he's not in Dustin Martin league. He never will be. That's it. Done. Yep. End of story. I like it. Uh, a few more to get through. This one specifically for you, Tiggs. It kind of ties into our GoFundMe idea. Uh, from Richmond Man 4, does Tiger 71 need a lift to Maui by the sea to take a crap at Alphabet Stadium? And can he also take a crap at Dangerfield's house too? Well, it depends. Richmond Man 4, hopefully, are you a Richmond man because you're a supporter or an actual bloke? Because if you're a female and you've got large bivvies, I might need a lift. But if you, have, if you haven't, I'm being joking, by the way. Um, look, I might take you up on it. I think I might do something. It's got a bit... I get flooded with... Um, a couple of direct messages on Twitter. I've noticed a fair few people tweeting me out, asking me that direct messaging me, asking me, "Hey, uh, Tiger, are you going to do it?" If I can get, I'll, I'll, yeah, seriously, believe it or not, right? There's a part of so, me that's really scared you're going to actually do it. 
Because <laughs> I might. I might, Michaels. I might do, you know, I might do something. Like, we might, you know what we can do? We can evolve it into more of a, like a, like a, like a, like, like a trip. I've got one for you. I've got like one for you. Sorry, sorry, you sorry, Sebi. Get... Sorry, I'm talking. Sorry. A road trip. Um, no, 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 no. Just hear me out. You can have a caravan no, no. of poo. You can have a caravan of poo. No, well, we could do this. See, look, what we could do, we could do like a caravan up to Cadinia Park, right? So we get Richmond, we could do like a car or bus, you know, we'll get grog and some kebabs and whatever, and, you know, might do a podcast on the bus. Oh, right, we'll drive there, mate. Make it fun. Everyone pays admission and all this sort of stuff. We give whatever we make to charity and we all drive to Cadinia Park and we all put plastic poos on, you know. I don't know. I want to see, like, at the moment we watch American politics, you see these um, these rallies, these Trump rallies, and you've got just like a, a whole freeway full of cars with American flags. What I think it should be, we should see a sea of just cars with Richmond flags yeah, at the top, there. like a caravan, <laughs> <laughs> all heading to Geelong. Convoy. <laughs> a convoy. Uh, well, we, might, we might make something happen. There we go. Yeah. That's something to keep, keep an eye out for. And the last question from Marky Mark, does Collingwood still have a better list than us? <laughs> On a serious note, um, as much as we've absolutely stuck it to Adam Trelaw over the last few years, how would you feel if you are Adam Trelaw right now with a club actively telling you, given they what they re-signed, they extended him last year, Tix, is that true? Yeah. Last year? Yeah. He's on 900K a year. They extended him last year. And because of their utter shit list management decisions, they're now telling this guy, we know you want to stay here, but we don't even want you anymore. And in fact, you know what? We'll even pay part of your salary to get you out of the club. How would you feel if you're Adam Trelaw right now? And what's even worse, in, um, CB, is they actually asked him to extend his contract so they could smooth it out. So he should have been earning um, a fair chunk more um, a couple of years ago than what he was when they re-signed him. I think it was two years ago. So they could back end it. Now that this year was, I think, it was the first year out of the 900K and it's he's got, I think, three or four more years of it. So really, for his first three years or so, he was not earning that much. He was on about 400 around about that figure. So um, now that they have to pay him and they realise, like, everyone could see it. Like, when I, I think it was last year, I copped it from Pi fans. When I said, your ca- salary cap is screwed, you're, you're done. Yep. Um, it was the last trade. And they're like, oh, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, no, no, you're done. Um, now it's all coming a cropper. And um, now they're going to, after getting him, he sacrificed for the club. Imagine the message it tells everyone else. You know, yes, we'll ask you to smooth your contract out like our God boys did. But you know, when you have to pay, when we have to pay you, we're going to shaft you and trade you like a piece of meat. And but we need your loyalty. This, yeah. this, they're going to be careful, Michaels, because this sort of stuff sets you back decades. This yep. is rich. They're acting Richmondy. When this, we were, this comes back to the one word we spoke about before, which sets us apart from the rest: culture. That's right, and they're acting very much like Graham Rich. This is a Graham Richmond type of thing. This is a uh, Greg Miller type of thing, right? Um, they're, they're getting very close to that edge before they drop right off. Um, particularly, too, they're going to lose Pendles. He'll probably go a year or two and that'll be it. Um, they've got, yeah, Trelaw, if he does go, I won't talk any draft, actually. I'll save that for the show. I don't want to ruin it. But, but this is, like I said, this is, this is quite funny. Like, they, um, there's a dickhead on SEN this after, like after 6 o'clock and they, uh, whoever was was doing his little tradie type show. And a Collingwood supporter rang up and he goes, oh, no, he goes, he goes, we're getting rid of Trelaw because we're getting a big target. And I'm thinking, I'm doing the dishes, and I'm going, 
what big target have you landed in reality? You know, like you can't land a key forward to save your lives. You've had a crack at bloody uh, Lynch. You had a crack at um, Cameron. Like th- these kind, they're delusional. This is pure mismanagement. And um, I actually feel I'll give Troy credit on this. I feel for him. And um, Collingwood, what a shit club. Yeah, like like you said at the start, CB, as much as we sort of shit canning for the things he said, that's no way to treat a player publicly like that. That's pretty pretty bad, pretty rough on him. Just the last point on it, just I'll let the guys know a bit of an inside scoop. Media's not talking about it, um, but the strong mail is Collingwood, if they don't get rid of a big... And I sort of said it at the beginning when we started draft, that they have to shed cap. They don't shed cap, they'll actually be over the cap. Oh, right? please. No they'll one take over, their players. <laughs> they'll be over the cap, right? It's common knowledge to most clubs that that's the position that they're in. You know why? Because they sh- they shafted Matty Rendell, I think the guy's name is there. Yep. Thing. He's, he, he's, 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 he's a few stubbies short. Um, so he's telling everyone. This is the position there. He knows what position they're in. He's telling everyone the truth. So Collingwood has no bargaining hand. They're not getting a la- a- another done or anything like that. What they're trying to do is shed his wage so they can pay the goey some money, pay um, pay more, um, and pay some of the rest of their list so the list doesn't start to be um, – they got their own list – and to stay under the cap. That's what their problem is. They have not budgeted for the cut in TPP at all. So they're in really big – They'll if they don't get rid – if Trelaw doesn't go, they're going to have to shed a whole shitload of players. Stick to your guns, Trelaw. Stick to oh, your guns. Stuff them. <laughs> yeah, they're in okay. trouble. All right, well, thank you again to everyone for sending through your questions tonight and throughout the year. As I said before, it's much appreciated. We will be doing a live trade show at some point in the coming week, so I'll send a message out when that's happening because uh, it was a huge hit last time and hopefully Tiggs gets some more info rolling in. Um, as and it it's all closer. coming in. It is? Yeah, it's oh, all I coming see. in. I reckon give me another week to ferment it all. Yep. Um, and we'll do it some sometime the following week, and it should be a really good informative show. That's no dramas at all. And um, the other thing we are still hoping to do as well is we are looking to do a retrospective call of the grand final. So you can yes. listen to our audio while you're watching <laughs> the game, like you would if you're listening to Triple M or SCN or whatever, whatever you want. So... We are trying to organise a time. It's going to be tricky because we are going to have to commentate it like it's the first time we've seen it, but we'll give it our best. Um, and thank you for the overwhelming response to me asking if people would like that. So we're definitely going to give that a crack. But aside from that, that could be us done for the year, but it's what a year it's been. Um, yes. Yeah, what a ride. Thank you so much to both of you guys for coming on as permanent guests. I think it's been a huge hit. We've developed a really good following, some really good relationships. Um, and I think the listeners are enjoying what we're producing for them, and hopefully we can carry on next year. So I thank you both sincerely. Oh, yeah. can I just... Sorry, Seba, you go, mate. No, you go, mate. You go. Yeah, I just want to say, probably I'll speak on behalf of CB. Um, to those that say on Twitter, if, you, <laughs> if, if I can be so bold, um, to everyone that put out on Twitter and, and on the boards that have said, we've helped you during the COVID period, I just want to put it on record. That means so bloody much to myself personally and to the three of us. Um, to be able to know that we've in some small way um, helped your mental health or put a smile on your face, because bottom line, that's what this show is for, um, um, is better than any paycheck. You know what I mean? It's better than – it's the goal that we were striving to do. So yeah. um, really, really glad that, you, you know, whenever you do that, it really warms my heart. So I wish everyone a safe Christmas um, you know, we're going to open up starting tomorrow. If you're in Vic, get excited around that. Just stay safe. 
Um, so you make sure you listen to all of our shows because we're going to have a big year next year. Got a feeling that, um, you know, we'll go up an extra level. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> next we level, kids. We might next do level. Zoom. <laughs> we might do Zoom. Set us up with Zoom. We'll do like a Zoom thing. Actually, actually I, I will say, look, firstly, I'll say I, I absolutely agree with Tig's um, sentiments. It's been wonderful. I want to say, I want to thank Michaels for having me on for the year and, and, and Tig's for putting up with me. I think it's been a really, really enjoyable um, year. And I want to thank to the, the listeners out there. It, it's really meant a lot for the feedback. And the encouragement we get has been wonderful in a really, really hard year. So I'm glad we we're able to bring a little bit of um, sunshine into your lives. So we hope, I hope we did, um, and, and, and we really appreciate it. Uh, the one, and, and like I said, I am looking forward to doing the retrospective call. This will probably after the retrospective call, that'll be me signing off for the year. Um, I'm going to have a bit of a breather. I've got some uh, cricket duties and other things to take care of. But I just want to say thank you to everyone and um, love you all. Stay safe. And yeah, we'll catch us up next year. Absolutely. Couldn't Fantastic. have said it better myself. Well said. Well said. All right. And like always, until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Premier go Tigers. Suck back. a dick. Go Tigers. <laughs> Suck a <laughs> dick. Field. Yeah. Big crap on Virginia Park. Get Let's do the retrospective. <laughs> Let's do the retrospective in Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!